Hello there. Welcome to A Certain Point of View. If you're new to the podcast, please be sure to go subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever podcast platform you use. It would really help us out. Also, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at certain underscore POV pod, on Instagram at certain point of view pod, and join our Facebook group and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. The links to those are in the description below. And with all that out of the way, let's talk some Star Wars. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. Hello there, welcome to A Certain Point of View. I am your host, Michael Hoover. Thank you for joining us tonight. This is going to be a great time because we actually have a special guest, uh, actually a couple of special guests with us tonight. We have the duo of the As Father and Son podcast. We got David and we got Timothy here. Guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How's it going? Going great, man. Going great. It's so it's just me over here. Usually we have some other people, but you know, everybody, this is just a busy time for, for all of us, but I was really happy that you guys were able to make it on here and, and, uh, we can talk some Obi-Wan <laughs> and what an episode to talk I about thought this week. I was like, oh man, what a week for us to be on. I love it when that happens. <laughs> Oh man! So you guys, obviously, before we get started, I would like to for you guys to go ahead. You just plug where we can find you as a podcast and all that, and everything you guys do. Sure. Okay. So my name is David, uh, and I am the father, and we are as father and son. And my son Timothy, uh, sitting next to me here, you, you can't see him if you're listening on a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we um, have always just talked Star Wars. I raised him um, from a wee lad uh, on Star Wars. And um, a couple of years ago, I mean, we just always are talking about it and annoying our wives. And just I, a couple of years ago, I said, you know, we really ought to like start a YouTube channel and just talk about it. And it was like, oh, hey, we could just be as father and son. You know how Vader says, join me and together we'll rule the galaxy as father and son. And it stuck. It's perfect. And, and we did it. And kicked off from there. Yeah. It's perfect. I, I love I'm it. sorry. At, at, at the at sign on Twitter. A S F A S nine two. Yeah. As fact ninety two. It sounds catchy. Yeah. And then we're <laughs> swearing at you. But it's fine. <laughs> you asked. Awesome. I was I was gonna say someone I think someone called us an ass fast hole one time and I was like, Oh, that's good. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> that's amazing. And where you, where is your podcast available? Uh so we, we don't have a like podcast available on podcast streaming stuff but we do everything on youtube we are on twitch as well at uh at asfast 92 um and then we'll always update on twitter anytime we're going to be showing up somewhere awesome awesome welcome aboard sorry we do yeah we do have an instagram i'm bad at socials yeah so i started us an instagram so you can follow us there i think it's as father and son spelled out and then underscore asfast 92 somebody already had asfast 92 as fast got it <laughs> yeah literally you sent me your email earlier so i could send you the link and i was like as fast got it <laughs> like it helped me remember what it was uh well guys thanks for joining this is going to be an absolute blast before we get started i want to get y'all's kind of journey like i want to hear about what kind of drove y'all to love star wars you're kind of a short synopsis of each of your star wars story um and then we'll kind of get into you know the show that we're going to talk about tonight so. Asking us about Star Wars. Very dangerous. <laughs> you go first. Okay. You go first, everyone. I mean, <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm, like I said, I'm David. I'm the dad. I uh, I was a kid when Star Wars came out in 77. Uh, I think it was the summer that I turned eight. 
not sure if I saw it before eight or after eight doesn't matter. I was perfect age for star Wars and my younger brother, who's just a little bit younger than me. We both were mesmerized. We went home playing. I mean, the drive home, um, immediately we're like sitting in the back of the station wagon, watch in the millennium Falcon, you know, pretending to shoot tie fighters and all that. So, uh, we went home, um, we grabbed whatever tools my dad had and turned them into guns and lightsabers. And I've just been playing star Wars ever since Han Solo was my guy. Uh, my brother really loved Luke, but we had a best friend who also loved Luke, and he won out, and so my brother got to be Chewy. And to this day, his phone ring on my phone is Chewy going, and his picture is Chewbacca. I don't know that he loves that or not, but that's it stuck. <laughs> that's kind of a brief synopsis of Star Wars is life for me, and then I have this young man sitting next to me. Um, and the reason it is it okay if I share when you were born, that's why we're 92. That's, oh, no, that's my bit. That, oh, that's, 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 my, that's my bit. Okay, no, no, don't take my bit. Segway. Because I did. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> no. So the way that I always put it was uh, I don't remember the first time I ever saw any of the original trilogy because Star Wars was just always there. And it's not what happened, but what I feel like happened was when I was born come home from the hospital, puts my mom to bed for a you know well-deserved nap, and then he sits me down as an infant the first day of life and turns on Star Wars. So it's the first thing that my senses are exposed to. I have said that for my entire life. Two years ago when my son was born, the first thing I did in the door, let my wife put down for a nap, Star Wars was on. I had been preparing for that, that moment my entire life. We've been doing Star Wars together since 1992. Since which Amazing. Which on that right now because I'm... Um, entering that existential crisis in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gets good. The thirties, thirties are great, <laughs> uh, man. Well, welcome on you guys. I'm actually, I'm really excited because so I was, I, I told y'all this earlier, but just for our listeners, uh, you know, I was, I was listening to a podcast that we all love podcast of the wills and you guys were guests on it that day, actually. And you guys were talking about, I believe the last part of return of the Jedi, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, which is one of my favorite parts of any Star Wars movie, any movie period, actually. And so I was like super pumped and I was like, who are these people? You know, and you guys started talking about a theater that used to be in existence here in Little Rock, Arkansas. And you were acting like you, you were talking about it like you lived in Little Rock, Arkansas. I think eventually you did explicitly say Little Rock. And I was like, wait, what? That's where I live. These guys are here. And so I was just like, Im immediately I felt kinship with you two because not only were you like preaching things that were in my heart about Return of the Jedi, it, but you were also talking about Little Rock and you were also talking about The Last Jedi. Guys, spoiler alert, The Last Jedi will be talked about tonight. I'm, I just... <laughs> I hate, I hate to, you know, anybody, Jessica, get your drinking, get your drink ready. Just I, I was going to say, I was listening <laughs> to last week's episode, and for Jessica specifically, I'm just going to go ahead and take a drink for you. So there we go. Drink taken. We're talking The Last Jedi tonight. Surprise, plot twist. Didn't it's just under the disguise of Obi-Wan. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Any time, any chance we get, and 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 you know what? Jessica loves that movie. She just she gets tired of us talking about. It. Oh, and we got Jack. He said already took a drink for the last Jedi. <laughs> we everybody knows us, <laughs> but yeah, guys, we're super excited. So um, how we're, tonight? What we're just gonna do is we're gonna talk about episode three of 
Obi-Wan Kenobi. Before we do that, um, for anyone who's listening, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and subscribing to our podcast if you haven't already. And um, and follow us on all of our social medias. That's going to be posted below on the podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, so I don't have to say them all out loud because um, <laughs> I'm really bad at that. Um, and uh, guys, why don't we just why don't we just dive in? Um, okay. So first of all, I want to read. We got um, we got Jack over here, and Jack says, uh, <laughs> "What's up, guys? Looking forward to your possible issues with this episode, Michael." Listen, I gotta say, um, I'm not sure what possible issues you think I might have because I have very few. <laughs> um, I I was a big fan of this episode. I'm jumping ahead a little bit because what I what I want to actually do first is get your guys' overall thoughts on the show to this point, and then we'll start on this specific episode. So, really quick, what are you what are you guys? I guess we'll start with Timothy. Uh, what do, what has your thoughts been so far on this show up to this point? It feels like they have been working on this since the last time we saw them. Like, it feels like waiting for, I mean... Seamless. It's seamless. That's a great word for it. Like, it feels like this is just a seamless transition while also learning lessons from the time that has passed. And, Mm. you know, things that as movie making and as storytelling and as Star Wars storytelling has grown and progressed, the lessons that we've learned about the things that can be done differently or take more time with certain moments, different things like that. It just, it feels like it is exactly what I wanted it to be. Yeah. So far from the moment they started with the recap of the three prequels, I, I had to like, pause after the recap. Perfect. I was like, yeah. oh, dude, give me a emotions. <laughs> right. It was like, that was the perfect way to give us a recap. Yeah. And, I was just like, oh, I'm I'm so in. They're doing this right. They're catching everybody in the world up. Everybody already knows most likely, but they're giving us that refresher mm-hmm. that we all need. And, and even if you di- and even if you don't like the prequels, I feel like most people that watched that I mean, that's all the best parts of the prequels <laughs> like yeah. like like put together and beautifully cut and edited into this incredibly emotional yeah. like previously on and i I, you could take that recap and just go to the moment in a new hope when uh luke is like you knew my father and ben like you could just do that as a flashback and just play that and be like yes i was once a dude yes just let that five minute thing play yeah i love that idea actually (laughs) my thoughts on the show just the fact that it exists is to get a little biblical is that man we were born for such a time as this <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive i keep yeah. saying that it is just a great time to be a star wars fan it is man it is i i totally agree i've been look and there's we're not we're you know i think we're in the majority but there's actually not there's actually some people who really don't like this show and to those people i say I respect your opinion, but what are you watching? You're allowed um, to be wrong. Right. You're entitled to an opinion. Totally entitled it's to be wrong. It's not a crime to be wrong. Yeah, like, you won't go you to know. jail for it, yeah, I, I but do. you're wrong. I always feel sorry for people when they have that reaction, but it, it's it's fine. It Sometimes things aren't for everybody. I know there's going to be some things that aren't going to be for me. I, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I, We've been accused before of by a minority of being toxic positivity which okay <laughs> and there too thing, but, <laughs> that but there point, are you were just things, really desperate to yeah, accuse somebody of something there are things that <laughs> how we dare don't... i have a good time <laughs> there are things we don't 
care for as much. We just don't focus on that. It's like yeah. Star Wars has its has always had from the first movie. It's acting that wasn't the greatest and things that didn't work out right. And I'm like, so mm-hmm. my my take on that and and on Star Wars in general and being a fan at this time, uh, the way I introduce myself to people. So I, I, at work, I give presentations and I'll, you know, start the presentation just like with a little getting to know me. Here's me. Here's my experience. Here's my family. Uh, other important thing you need to know about me. Um, I am at all times ready to talk Star Wars with you. I never met a Star Wars. I didn't love with all my heart. Um, and I've had people, you know, in, in the time we are living in where people like to tell you you're wrong for having enjoyed something. I've had people ask me, like, how can you like all the new stuff? Which I'm like, how can you not, for one thing? (laughs) Uh, But my answer to that is always, I just feel like you need to have one thing that unconditionally brings you joy. And Star Wars has always been that for me. And not every single thing in it brings me the same amount of joy. But if it's something, you know, there have been some, like, maybe comics I've read or little things here and there that, like, I just didn't connect with as well. I'm not going to make a 12 hour video series about how much I hated that. I'm going to be like, yeah, that one wasn't for me. It's fine. I can just move on to the stuff that I do enjoy. And the the people that do love those, I'm like, man, more power to you. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah. Again, kindred spirits. So yeah, I completely agree. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not like a filmmaking expert by any means. And I never try to pretend I am. Um, and so, you know, I, I have heard some criticism of like the filmmaking of this show and, um, and some, some aspects of that and some aspects of that across all of these Disney plus shows, to be honest. And, and, and I've heard very valid arguments in those things. And I was like, how did you see that when you're watching the show for the first time though? Like for me, when I'm watching it and when I watch back generally, I don't know, man, I think it's with Star Wars. This is my thing too. Yeah. I'm just I'm just watching the story unfold and mm-hmm. like maybe if I'm watching like a Christopher Nolan movie, I'm going to pay attention to all of the aspects of everything going on or like uh Listen, l- like Tenet is an excellent movie and if you give me 3 hours and a whiteboard, I can explain <laughs> to you why. But because it would take me 3 hours and a whiteboard, I'm not going to argue with you if you're like, "No, man, Tenet wasn't good. I couldn't understand what was going on." I'm not going to begrudge you that. You right. can watch Star Wars with the twinkle in your eye that a 10-year-old has when they watch Star Wars. You just took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. I was going to say I'm 52 years old. I'm going to be 53 at the end of the summer. Every time I sit down in front of Star Wars, I revert back to my 10-year-old, 12-year-old self on purpose because he wasn't critiquing anything. He was arms and hands gripping the seats of that movie theater and like, let's go. Let me Mm. tell you, I was 10 for Attack of the Clones. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough (laughs) and irritating and it gets everywhere. I have a vivid memory of in the theater being like, oh man, of course you wouldn't like sand. That's brilliant writing. That is hilarious. That honestly, that's amazing that you had that very intelligent thought when you were ten. Because honestly, I spent years. My my story with the prequels is really short. Uh, is that I'm I actually went through. I grew up watching like I was I was ten when the Phantom Menace was in theaters, and that was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. I was obsessed with it. And um, and I really enjoyed the next two as well. Then I went through that phase that a lot of us millennials have gone through when they realize that they're too cool for the prequels and that the prequels are terrible. And that was that was kind of my attitude about them for several years. 
And, you know, when I watched The Clone Wars, and that really kind of just, like, softened me to at least think, this era of Star Wars is amazing. <laughs> and, like, just the whole world that they have built here and all of that. And then I went back and rewatched the movies again after that. And just kind of, I ever since 2015 when The Force Awakens came out, I feel like my love for Star Wars has been also reawakened a little bit more to an extreme level than it ever was. And I don't know. I just kind of started to appreciate things more about those movies. And I've rewatched them many times since then. And to this point, like Phantom Menace has clawed its way up my rankings. Uh, Revenge of the Sith is a top five Star Wars movie for me. It's my number five if I'm ranking. Um, Attack of the Clones I still have a lot of issues with, but man, there's a lot of good stuff in there too, and I, I like to focus on that good stuff. And um, But I would ridicule that line every day, though. Like that, you know, I hate sand line. Um, now the only thing that bothers me about it is that – all of that worked and she kissed him after it. That's that's the only thing that frustrates me. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I have a but, about but, that. We don't have the time to get into it. <laughs> you're right. We don't have time. But no, you're right, though. That line is thematically really deep and meaningful. And I, it is easily uh, misunderstood. Very, Yeah, very much misunderstood line. But I digress. I'm really glad y'all are on here. I think we should talk about some Kenobi. What do y'all think? Absolutely. I'm done. Let's so, first of all, I got to be on the Outer Rim, a Star Wars channel, last night to talk about Episode 3, so I'm a little primed and ready to go. Outer Rim says, hello there. I'm going to guess this is Josh, my uh, co-host, um, one of my co-hosts, but it could be any It could be any of them, so I, I don't actually know. What's up? Hello there. <laughs> hello there. Let's start diving into this episode. So... I love this episode. <laughs> uh, honestly, the from the very beginning where, you know, we have Obi-Wan kind of trying to communicate with Qui-Gon again, and he's he's just reaching out in the force. Um, <laughs> yes, sorry, real quick. It's, he says, yes, it's Josh, the one who likes the show. Yeah, so I had I, – I went on the show last night and talked with, with another one of their admins in that Facebook group, and his name is Gabe. Great guy. He does not like this show. <laughs> he has a whole lot of reasons why. Very valid concerns, just like I said earlier. But um, I I could not disagree with anyone more about anything. So, um, but uh, yeah, Josh does enjoy the show, so I'm glad. But from that first moment where we see Obi Wan reaching out in the Force again to Qui Gon, and I mean, first of all. I'm just ready to see him. I'm. I can't. It's gonna happen at at this point. If it oh, yeah. if it doesn't happen, we're we're gonna have screwed fun. around here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, between so that and then cutting back and forth between him doing that and Vader like putting on his armor or putting himself together and uh, just the way the music builds behind. I think the the episode kind of started in a way where it was just like, I felt from the beginning, this was going to be, as soon as the episode started, it was just like, something's going to happen in this episode. Like, this is a, it really is starting off pushing forward with momentum big time. I'm sorry. I was going to say, they both sensed each other, mm -hmm. I feel, at the, the end of the previous episode when he went Anakin, and then Anakin's yes. eyes opened, they sensed each other. They That's when Anakin was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, 
I'm just gonna you you might hear as you're listening to this podcast the turning of pages because he can see we we both have like pages worth of notes uh, that we've taken. A note that I had made about the the opening montage and then kind of everything. There has been a constant build and setup at every new scene. They're giving you something to kind of build on something they've already showed you and then giving you another piece of information that opens up more questions or makes you think about new things. So like building up to seeing Vader for the first time. We as the audience know he's out there. We know who's in charge of the Inquisitors, but Obi-Wan doesn't. And then you see him that first time. The fact that he keeps calling out to Qui-Gon and there's no answer. That's huge. The fact that there's no answer. And then even building up to, and we'll, we'll get to this at the end of it, but the first time he turns on his lightsaber is yeah. significant because there are plenty of opportunities for Obi-Wan to have turned on his lightsaber up to this point. And the moment he finally does it, it matters when he turns on his lightsaber and we'll, we'll get into that, but like they're constantly, everything they're doing is building attention for everything we want to see. They're aware of what we want. They're like, yeah, we know we're going to go slow and you have to wait and that's okay. Yeah, man. So, so the, I, I'm a big fan of this episode I think there's a lot of great character moments between Obi-Wan and Leia when they're when they're kind of wandering on Mapuzo um, and riding in um, the in that transport with Freck, <laughs> um, our new Imperial, you know, loyalist friend that <laughs> I really love. Um, and, uh, you know, and then and then like all of that stuff was just so uh, I was hanging on every word between the two of Leia and, and Obi-Wan. And, and then obviously like the stuff with Vader at the end, I I've heard a lot of people say it kind of looks like a fan film. And again, I push back. I don't get it. Like, who are these people? I, Listen, I know you don't need that kind of negativity in your life, man. It's called Twitter. <laughs> Unfortunately, again, I say, <laughs> but no, you're no, right. But some wonderful people on Twitter, you included. Yeah. Yeah. However, I uh, listen. It's it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. It's just it's it to me. I, I, I totally agree with you on Twitter, but um, for some reason, I'm still on there all the time. Um, it is, to me, the, the, the matchup between Obi-Wan and Vader, you know, I think people expected more out of it. And for me, it was perfect because that wasn't Obi-Wan versus Vader. That was Ben versus a vengeful Vader. And yes. that was a, that was Jell of himself. And, and he, to me the rematch we're going to get a rematch in this show and that's oh, going to sure. be what we're all looking forward to this made total sense the way vader just owned him the whole time and ben you know he he was absolutely uh he looked very weak and 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 not only because of him being out of practice and he's not been connected to the force but also because oh, i can't even imagine he he just learned that Anakin was still alive and he just learned that Anakin was Vader and he is now seeing that in front of him and he and 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 Vader is now attacking him I can't even imagine what that must be like the line what have you become I am what you made me has so much weight so many implications there is just so much power in that moment because it's not just the machine of a thing in front of it. it's 
all the suffering I just caused, you made that. Yeah. That leaving me there to die, you made this. Like everything, the failure of the Jedi, I trusted the Jedi, I trusted you, you told me to trust the Jedi and look what became of that. I am what you made me. Like, and that is every, like, I'm trying to think. So um, something that I, let's go there, The Last Jedi, something that I love. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> that, um, that, that Ryan Johnson, I think Ryan Johnson specifically said that like more more than that, like that has been discussed and looked at is, so much of the last Jedi and what makes it powerful and impactful and particularly at the very end when Ray and Ben have their, um, what, uh, you know, your parents were nobody moment. That is the worst possible thing she could hear. Mm -hmm. The same as I am your father is the worst thing Luke could have heard. Mm -hmm. Your parents were nobody is the worst thing Ray could hear. And, and I think you get some of your most impactful moments in a story and particularly we see it all the time in star Wars where a character hears the worst thing they could possibly hear because it makes them go to a place they've been trying not to go. But what makes star Wars star Wars is they pull themselves out of that place. Yeah. And so for, um, for Obi-Wan to hear, I am what you made me. He's been sitting in silence, reaching out to Qui-Gon and from what we can tell, hearing nothing for a decade. Yeah. Yeah. He's lost track of time to the point that he asks leia how old are you like does has he lost track of how much time has passed is he even aware like how long have i been like this sitting by himself in a cave thinking is it my fault did i do this to anakin Mm -hmm. did did was darth vader my fault thinking vader's dead and then to see him there as a monster murdering people i am what you made me is the worst thing obi-wan could hear and that's so good because we know what he's going to become. If you've seen Rebels, we know where he's going to be in another five to six years. You know, you've seen the original trilogy. You know who he is by the time Luke gets to him another yeah. decade from now. Like, that's the worst thing he could hear at this moment. But I think that is also, in the long run, the best thing that will ever be said to him. Because that is going to be the the motivation that I think will ultimately, like we all know, get him to make contact with Qui-Gon. Yeah. And that's going to be what sets him straight dude i love that i love that so much and and you know i think what's going to be so powerful i'm just looking ahead toward the end of this show and they're going to face off again and mm-hmm. obi-wan is going to have to be whole obi-wan again by this mm-hmm. point and it's it's again with luke in the last jedi the reason why it's so like one of the many reasons why it's so powerful when he marches out to face kylo on crate um, you know, while he's not actually there, but right. what, but he's, what he's doing, he is facing the embodiment of, of his biggest failures and, yeah. and it's so powerful seeing him walk out of that darkness and into that light and actually face his biggest failures. And now I think we're going to get something similar here with Obi-Wan Invader. I think there's mm-hmm. going to be. But whatever happens between now and then, whether it's I think Qui Gon is going to have something to say with that. But there's going to be an the arc from this point on for Ben is becoming Obi Wan again and facing his biggest failures and becoming the man that we know him to be and becoming the man that we know he will be in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that at least getting on that track and 
I'm I I've got chills just like literal physical chills actually thinking about all of this. So I'm so I'm so so excited. And by the way, we got Dragon M, which is Drew, one of our our, our co-hosts. He's on the road. He hasn't. Yeah, he's on the road. So um, Drew, what's up, man? He says Kenobi training montage like Rocky Four confirmed. <laughs> That is all I ever wanted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you guys like the Prince of Egypt? Oh gosh, yes. Who doesn't? <laughs> well, when you said all I ever wanted, I just thought all, all I, I ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad y'all get that. Um, oh, yeah. And Drew, Drew likes you guys. He says, these guys are my new best friends. <laughs> Sweet. I love it. Oh, man. We're on it too, listen, right? yeah, listen, it's- Drew, I don't know if you were on for this part of the podcast, but these guys are from Little Rock. Like, we can all hang out together. So right. um, we're going to go. If we ever get another Star Wars movie, maybe we should go together. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, okay. So, so David, thoughts on, like, I would love to hear your just big thoughts on the whole episode and then we'll kind of go into some awesome uh, all sorts of you know details for sure but what are your big thoughts so the the big thoughts are i assumed all this time that we would see an obi-wan whether he was in a cave or whatever meditating and communing with qui-gon for the last 10 years and he wasn't Mm -hmm. and didn't expect and it's so beautifully done that it is this way that he was disconnected from the force and maybe hasn't even connected with Qui-Gon at all because he is so defeated and that's just something that you get from the first episode he is defeated he they lost and he says that to the Jedi that ends up getting caught and so me just processing in this episode how disconnected he is, how defeated he is. And then when he he does finally connect in that moment with with Vader, Anakin, and realizes he's alive, um, it's, I think you just said it too, that that's what the show is going to be about, the arc of Obi-Wan going from totally disconnected, having been defeated, to coming back and connecting. And I think that is, of course, what the show is about, and the emotional impact when he finally connects mm. is going to be so powerful for him and for us as fans that I, I mean, I feel like there may be tears and, and, and goosebumps and all of the above in that moment. I can't wait for that moment. And we may hear, I'm pretty sure we'll hear Liam Neeson's voice at oh, some yeah. point, and that's going to be that moment. And so, um, if you want a little bit more as I go on through the show itself. So the impact of what you were were talking about Vader and you mentioned, you know, when they, uh, when he's walking through punishing people, that's something that Vader is so wanting revenge so bad. Can we, can we go there now? Can we, can we go? (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Literally pulling innocence out into the street because he wants to draw Obi-Wan yep. out and he's, he knows that will draw him out. And I know they don't have titles on these episodes, but I wrote in my notes, episode three, cat and mouse. Hmm. That is what I'm calling this title because that is exactly what is happening is that Vader is trying to lure out his prey so he can play with it a little bit. And he's playing with all these other mice, but those aren't the mice he wants. Yeah. And he's dragging them out. And when he gets that prey out there, what does he do? He he probably could have killed him right away. He doesn't want to kill him. He wants like the ball of yarn or the cat mm-hmm. playing with the mouse. He wants to toy with Obi-Wan. Yes. 
But he said, your suffering has just begun. Right. And they, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but my immediate thought when the episode ended, because uh, someone, uh, a buddy at work, we were talking about it, and he was like, my, my only complaint about the episode was, you know, the fire started up again, and Vader acted like he couldn't get to Obi-Wan. Like, why'd he let him get away? And I went, he let him go. Exactly. He was like, you know what? Go sit with that for a while. Yeah. And then I'll find you again. And the torture continues. Yeah, yeah, dude, I totally, exactly. I completely agree. And I also kind of took it as, you know, we've seen in, even in, um, I guess it was Empire. We saw in Empire when, you know, Vader is fighting Luke and yeah. and Luke falls down into the into the carbonite. And, and Vader's like, oh, too easy. And he brings him back out. Like, like he doesn't want it to be that easy. He wants, he wants to, to me, whenever Obi-Wan he's facing this like old shell of a man and he's facing this guy and he's like, this isn't, this isn't what I wanted it to be. Uh, well, yeah. and the other thing we know about Anakin Skywalker is the man is a drama queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like one of my favorite observations on the hallway scene in rogue one, one of the best Darth Vader moments <laughs> ever is how long did he have to stand there holding his breath <laughs> so that they couldn't hear the Vader breath as he's standing there? Like, we know it's a constant sound, but it wasn't. He's standing there holding his breath, literally risking his life for dramatic effect. That's the most Anakin Skywalker thing that has ever happened in Star Wars. I've never he's heard that before. This out. Yeah, and, and you said it, and we did not compare notes at all. Timothy and I did not compare We've notes. We've barely talked. And so he said something I literally wrote is that as this whole cat and mouse thing plays out, Vader grabbed him by the throat, lifted mm. him in the air, then dragged him through the yeah. fire. Clearly, when yeah. the fire started back up again, he could have dragged him through again, mm -hmm. but he watched that droid get him because he just what you said, and I wrote it down, he's like – Oh, I'll find him again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've already found him once. I'll find him again. This is just beginning. Yeah. Well, and he, another thing that I had made a note of when they finally start fighting, he is toying with him. At first, the first couple of like clashes with the lightsaber is like, okay, last time I fought you, I was cocky. Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to do that. How are you? Like, how, I feel like it literally <laughs> was doing? like, how are you doing, old man? Oh, Oh, you're not good. <laughs> you, you literally haven't touched this thing since the last time we said, I have slaughtered thousands. This is going to be easy. Okay, I'm going to take my time. With, with one this. hand, like, by I, the way. <laughs> the first, the beginning of the fight, it really does feel like he's testing him. Like, okay, what's this going to be like? Mm -hmm. Are you who you used to be? No? Good. And then he says, and it, like, I was, I was thinking of it in that context. And he says to him, you should have killed me when you had the chance. That's not a throwaway line. That's targeted. You had the chance to kill me when you were at your peak. Mm. You are no longer at your peak. You can't kill me now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, oh, I completely, I completely agree. I, I love this, this, uh, this perspective of this because um, you guys are wording it in a really great way. <laughs> so <laughs> well, can we can we sit here for a minute longer? Of course. Because I, I still the the I, when I wrote the note, he dragged him through fire. It's all in all caps, right? He wanted him to suffer the way he suffered. Clearly, we all get that. But then why didn't he pull him back through? And and I I wrote this note. He he didn't really need the stormtroopers. He said, "Bring him to me yeah. before the fire started." He said, "Bring him to me." Now, why would he tell the stormtroopers to bring him to him when he just had lifted him in the air and dragged him? He could have just done that and brought him to him right. and had him in his face. Because now, Anakin has subordinates. 
that he has power over. He's the master that he never got to be over yeah. these guys, and he's flexing. Yeah. He's like, you bring him to me. And Obi-Wan can see, I'm these guys' boss. Yeah. You wouldn't let me be on the council. You wouldn't make me a master or whatever, but I am now the master. And, you know, he says that in A New Hope, but he says it in such a way as the last time um, – or when I left you, not the last time we met, but when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And there, here it is. Yeah. He's still flexing. And he's the first time flexing. He sees Obi-Wan. He's showing him, you know, I don't, I can pull you to me, but I'm, I'm going to make these subordinates go do it. And I feel like that's something that is a part of the character that Anakin has become as Vader. And, and let's give it up. Shout out to Hayden Christensen. Vader has a swag about him yeah. right now that is still a little bit Anakin because he's I think there is still a little Anakin mm -hmm. in there. He's not a new hope Vader yet. And he will be. And maybe whatever happens between him and Obi-Wan before the end of the show is going to lead us more there. I wrote down. I don't know how. But I know that it's Hayden in the suit. Oh, your sister is like, that's so Hayden. I like can I just, see by I, the way he I moves. I feel him yeah. in the suit. Yeah. 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 I I did too. I did too. And by the way, how about that moment when they were walking in the desert and, and Obi-Wan like just sees uh, him standing there? It yes. is so eerie and so that like creepy. And powerful. again, dude, well he's done. just haunted by his yeah. by his past, by his failures. And and I love that moment too because it's like right in that moment, like right before that, we're we're already getting this even more of this picture than we have been before. Because this entire show, we've been getting Obi Wan being paired up with people who are, even though they may have made mistakes, they are still doing something and helping people. And yep. and Obi Wan, I mean, Obi Wan was in a place on Tatooine where he literally was asked to help a like a Jedi asked for his help and he refused to help him. And that guy died and, yeah. and he, and like, he was standing behind this guy, this random guy who got paid half his cut at, at work and, and was being bullied by the boss and he did nothing. He did nothing at all for the, and yeah. there are just so many. And then you have even like in the next episode, you have Camille Najiani's character. He, he's like a fraud. Taking yeah. advantage of people. Taking advantage yeah. of people. But what does he still do? He still, he helps, yeah. he still yeah. helps. And, and so it's just like, and then even the, the position of that yes. against Obi-Wan is so clear. Yes. And yeah. then the, and then even the Imperial, you know, we, we meet this new character Tala right. and she has made mistakes. She joined the empire because she thought she believed in it and she didn't know what it actually was. And when she realized it and then when she made mistakes, she couldn't do it that anymore. So she decided to make the biggest difference she could. And, right. and, and, to use her position. and, and mm -hmm. right. And so now even like while Leia and, and Obi-Wan are walking together, Leia's like, I don't understand why you can't trust them or, or why would they lie to us? And Obi-Wan's like, not everyone is a good person, Leia. Like, yeah. and he's just so cynical and Leia yeah. is the embodiment of what she always is at forever. Mm -hmm. And, I, I love that dichotomy. And then we're, we're seeing that conversation take place. And in the middle of it, he's being haunted by his past, man, the character work, I, the character work in this show, while still moving the plot along at a brisk and healthy pace, I just think right. has been so well done. 
So that's to to a point that you um, a lot of what you just said. I, I took notes on you guys' podcast from last week, mm. just because I knew we were going to discuss like our thoughts on the show as a whole. Um, but I was as I was listening to it, I was jotting things down like, oh yeah, that makes me think of this too. But something that, and I don't remember who said what, but something that you guys discussed was, um, I think you said the way that this is different from how you would have done it is it would have just been six episodes of Obi-Wan sitting by himself, sad in the desert. That was, me, yeah. <laughs> that was actually my pitch for Kenobi as well. I was of like, course. if he doesn't interact with another human, except by having visions of Anakin and the entire thing is just one six episode long force vision while he's depressed in the desert. I will be fine. That's with literally that. what I said. <laughs> but um, that like the emphasis on the monotony of his existence yeah. The, the job, the not helping people, all of it. And then what Bale calls him out on, he is using the mission to justify yeah. not acting, yep. but it's justifying not acting. It's he, He's avoiding acknowledging his fear and his shame and his failure. Mm-hmm. And another point that you guys made is new Star Wars is about the effect that shame has on even the best of us. Yep. And I have loved that Me so too, much. All of the new Star Wars, and it's why Luke Skywalker meant so much to me in The Last Jedi, seeing your heroes fall and get back up is what makes them a hero to you as an adult Mm -hmm. in the way that just seeing them keep getting up and keep doing something inspirational made them a hero to you as a kid. Getting to see them like, actually, yeah, that thing I'm struggling with, I'm having a super hard time right now. My hero did too. What did he do? He got back up. Mm -hmm. He had a hard time. You can have a hard time. That's okay. Your heroes even do that, but they get back up. And that's the thing that I'm loving about what they're doing with Obi-Wan is we know he's going to get back up. We know where he ends up. He's not there yet. And it's going to make it matter so much more when he does. And uh, another point um, that I had written down, just talking about like the, um, what we're going to see Obi-Wan turn into is the writing on the wall that he sees from Quinlan Voss. Oh, uh, that only, was so good. only when the eyes are closed can you truly see the way and like you know you asked like how did i get into star wars like what's our star wars story and all of that something he did that i my dad that i really appreciated as a kid was he everything that we watched like i'm two years old which is the age of my son and i'm watching the 89 batman with keaton and nicholson which <laughs> started a couple weeks ago don't tell my wife um <laughs> But something that he would always do is anything we would watch, any stories, like my entire life has built, been built around what's the next story I'm going to just consume. Um, but everything was always like, what's the message there? What's the story? How do we learn a yeah. lesson from that? And, and you know, for us tying it to spirituality as well, that line, only when the eyes are closed, can you truly see the way? That's, that is literally walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. And that was Qui-Gon's way. Like, what did Qui-Gon do when Maul was prowling like a tiger behind him? He closed his eyes yep. and meditated. meditated. He he calmed himself. He centered himself. And Obi-Wan couldn't. What's Obi-Wan doing? He's bouncing mm-hmm. restless. And a note that I made is I feel like Obi-Wan in this show has reverted to Phantom Menace Obi-Wan. Wow. He's bouncing. He's restless. But he's also, he doesn't know what to do. Yes. He needs somebody to guide him. He's waiting for someone to tell him what to do. And he was a general. He was in charge the last time we saw him. Dude, that's so and good. Anymore. Yeah, and- that dude. To that point, you know, one another thing that that I have seen, and and I understand because 
I think that sometimes the whole shaky cam thing in movies and shows can be overdone and it's used to the detriment of whatever you're watching. To me, they have used shaky cam at a few different spots in this show. And every time they have used it, including in this episode, that it has been it has usually been from Ben's perspective and when he's panicking, when he is yeah. when he yeah. is it makes it puts you in his shoes and it makes you feel what he's feeling. And so when he's like, he's got a saber on, holding it like he's never held it before, like he doesn't yeah. know how to use it anymore. Yeah, like backward grip and everything. Yeah, he's like holding it like this, and he's spinning around. He's not even trying to use the force to to and relax. He is right. jumpy, and some of that shaky cam stuff going on there. It it like kind of emphasizes that so like you know i'm not a i'm not a fan of overuse of shaky cam but i feel like they're actually using it really well in this show because it's informing yeah. the narrative it's informing where obi-wan is yeah it's it's story it's storytelling and so yeah. um i love i love that and it's it's just this dude i love everything you're saying about too just about <laughs> like the the reason why star wars is so important to us and and like you and i are we're very much along the same path on like why like why the last jedi or why all of star wars means so much because there like you said there is nothing more powerful to me than seeing a, your hero fall and 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 not even just like get back up quickly it it the reality of life is that a lot of times that's not what happens you have it to go years. you have to go through it it's painful it's painful to watch luke like that it's painful to watch obi-wan like this but man at the end of this <laughs> i i'm already thinking just how powerful it's it is probably going to be when we get to the end of this show because seeing obi-wan come out of all of this i think is just going to be so powerful because man i'm not going to lie I'm kind of hurting right now seeing him like this in the sure. best way, in all the best right. ways. Yeah. Um, Can we talk a minute about the fact that part of what's going to bring him out of it is this 10-year-old little girl? Yes. Go for it. And the things she says to him and the Dude. things she asks him and it brings – it's mm. bringing him about. And it's so amazing that it's Leia and she is – let's just let's call it what it is she's an empath yeah she doesn't know that that's what she's connecting into i'm not even sure if obi-wan's picking up on it but i think in other medium in other novels and stuff they've mentioned before that's part of what leia's force power was even though she didn't know it which why she remembered something about her mother you know being uh too young to remember something she i think she has that empathic ability through the force she said it to her cousin or whoever it was and mm -hmm. then she's reading <laughs> obi-wan Mm -hmm. So, and I think she is so integral to his story arc and she's getting through to him in a way that I don't think anybody else ever could. I totally agree, man. Like perfect example is a line she had earlier and it wasn't even a line to Obi-Wan. It just kind of, it's just like, wow, that is just so Leia. I can't believe how Leia that is. The line is when Tala is, when the, when she takes them into her, you know, shop or whatever, and that droid comes up and his name, I think his name is Ned, uh, Ned B. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so, she, so Tala says, he's just a loader. They don't allow them to communicate. And Leia says, but what if he has something to say? Exactly. And that's such a Leia. I, I think of Leia's line in, I think it was 
used in Rise of Skywalker, but it was supposed to be a line in Force Awakens, but her line never underestimate a droid. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. Exactly. And even oh, in the beginning God. of this show, like even in the beginning of this show, yeah. we yeah. see Leia like standing up for a droid and the and her cousin's like, why mm -hmm. do you care about what happens mm -hmm. to a droid or whatever? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. lesser beings and and she's like, well, I guess I shouldn't care about you. <laughs> or something yeah, like that. Perfectly, right. yeah, yeah, lesser beings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just let me, I want to backtrack because I know we're we're talking episode three. We're not talking episodes one and two. But can't we? I can't talk about Kenobi without talking about the fact that the entire motivation premise of the show is that the one thing that could force him to go on the adventure and take him out of his depression and to make him into the man he's supposed to be is help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope <laughs> yeah come on yeah. come on come on it was so unexpected it was yeah, so yeah, good was like as soon as we saw it was so funny i was watching it with my wife and as soon as we saw alderaan i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and she goes what where is that and i was like that's alderaan and she goes no and i was like yes it is and i was like alderaan and when they, you know, you see them like tying the hair and it's not even Leia yeah. because she's Anakin's kid and she's run off somewhere because this is too boring for her. But they're like tying the hair and I was like, oh my gosh, it's young Leia. And I, I looked at my wife and I went, she's going to get abducted. And that's what brings Obi-Wan out. And she was like, what? And I was like, no, that's what does it. This is the only reason he would leave Tatooine to stop protecting Anakin's kid is if he has to go protect Anakin's kid. Yeah. Called it. Did you call the, that he would be abducted by Flea? Do you see that one coming? <laughs> you know, I was just waiting for yeah. him to, to start yelling at Marty McFly, but it was fine. <laughs> Dude. Oh, aren't we getting Christopher Lloyd in this too? Oh yeah, I think that's yeah. a thing. I think that's in a, I think that's in the Mandalorian. Oh, oh Mandalorian. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's in the Mandalorian. I'll take him wherever, wherever we get wherever him. We get I him. agree. I when I saw that right. casting, I was like, wow, yeah. how have you yeah. not been in Star Wars yet? Because you're perfect. <laughs> I can't wait. But dude, Great. you're getting back to this episode yeah. with Leia. Let's talk about not only that she's an empath, but her curiosity. And when he <laughs> messes, messes up and says Leia, and then she's so good at making up names, but he screws up. He brings it on home. He he does a good job. Oh of my saying, gosh. It's her mother's name. When she says she when she says she wishes slightly that he was her dad, or you know, not, she didn't say it, but she he, asks. He says it. He says it. Yeah. She asks, "Are you my real father?" Yeah. And he says, "I wish I, I wish could like, say." But I was. I'm saying, but I feel like for her, coming from her, she kind of was wishing that yeah. that he was. Yeah. And I think she and she does say something to the effect of, I, "I wish I knew him." Who also says that in A New Hope? Luke says that. Yeah, yeah I, wish I, knew, I wish I knew him. I mean, there's that longing in her, and that is also something working in Obi-Wan. Yeah. Because he does know the good that Anakin used to be, but he also knows her mother. But what a tender moment when he sees Padme yeah. in her. I'm just I wrote that yeah. and I put a big heart. I'm just yeah. like this. It's it's absolutely it beautiful, man. It's it that moment, that whole that whole conversation with them on the truck had me hanging on every every single word. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the little things, the little the way that they've gone out of their way in this show to show that Obi-Wan also, we never, we never think we, we always think about Anakin and, and Padme loving each other. Right. We don't necessarily always think like Obi-Wan really cared for Padme too. And that's yeah, very yeah. evident. If you watch Revenge of the Sith and, yep. and even attack of the clones, if you watch those two movies, they're, they are, they are friends. They are clearly right. friends and they care uh, deeply about each other. 
but you know, I don't think it ever hit home just how much he cared about her until this show because how much lost. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the second episode, when he's, when he's talking to Leia and he's like, you remind me of someone that I used to know who, yeah. She was she was also stubborn. <laughs> she was a she yeah, was a great leader. Yeah, that was so funny, dude. And but it was it was such a. I just assumed it's a Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> you did listen to that episode, <laughs> um, dude. So yeah, I I I found that moment super powerful because, like, yeah, we just haven't gotten a whole lot of. Uh, it was it's just been really great to see that that perspective and seeing wow. Obi-Wan really did care about Padme a lot and yeah. and seeing how it's it really seems to be almost like a soothing thing for his soul to see her in Leia. You know what I mean? And so yeah. and so to see that and then and then having that dialogue in this episode where he said what well, what's the exact line? The exact line is sometimes when I look at Luma I see her mother's face. We all miss her very mm -hmm. much. And the way what's so beautifully done about that is like they're in the middle of a lie right now. Like he's he's trying yeah, to exactly. he's trying to recover the lie, but in that moment he's speaking complete truth except that he yes. says Luma instead of Leia. And, and she Leia knows. knows. And the music yeah. also is perfect right there cuz it's like the music lets you know also. Like yeah. this is a well, moment of truth and it's just so good, man. It's so good. Well, and the moment that they have after like this is a big deal. Obi Wan says, "I think I had a brother." Mm. Oh, that's right. And I, I have some very specific feelings about that. Obi Wan Kenobi. First off, first off, there's another Kenobi out there. Like that's canon now. But more than that, that line for me is more than just a kind of like nudge, nudge. Maybe you'll see another Kenobi one day. Like that could be a thing we do. It's not that at all. Right. It's Star Wars. So I'm sure they will. But it's it's pointed toward what this entire thing is about. And really what I think Disney's era of Star Wars has done such a good job of making it really about is found family. Yes. And why Ray Skywalker means so much to me and how Leia's story and her whole, I'm not a real Organa and Bale's response to that, all of that making the fact that she adopts this girl in another, what, 40 years 40, yeah. 50 years, she adopts this kid and gives, like, to the point that Ray feels able to take her name, like, yeah, I'm a Skywalker, I'm part of that family, that found family, adopted family is such a huge yeah, thing, man. and that belonging for belonging is a major part of what Star Wars connects to people on, and that for Obi-Wan, from childhood, a childhood he doesn't remember, he remembers he had a brother. What's significant about that is you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and dude, he also mentioned how, when he found, when he, you know, he, when the Jedi found him, he had a new family essentially. And so like, even though he was taken away from his biological family, he found family with the Jedi and later on, mm -hmm. like a, like what he came to think of as a brother. And, um, and then Leia talking about, I think it was in that scene, but it might've been later. I'm actually a little fuzzy on it, but where she she's talking about how she misses home and, mm -hmm. and she's missing this place. That's, she wasn't born there. She wasn't born like Bale. Right. She's not, you know, there was that beautiful moment with Bale 
and she was like, I'm not even a real organa. And Bale was like, you are organa. You are an organa in every way. And yeah. it was just this, this show is, you're right. It's continuing this trend of, of found family within all this new star Wars stuff, whether it's rebels, whether it's, uh, whether it's the Mandalorian with Din and Grogu, whether it's yep. even the Book of Boba Fett with Boba Fett and Fennec Shand and like Kersantan. like it's like the, like Boba Fett with the Sand people, the Sand yeah. people. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, that's the that was the best part of the show for me. Yeah, um, yeah man. So I, I think, gosh, that's so beautiful. Oh my gosh, I, and I think you're right about Leia saying it maybe a little bit later. It might have been after they were being helped by the the Imperial officer and they I were at that hideout and she mm -hmm. was saying i didn't mean to do it i didn't mean yeah. to run mm -hmm. off before um but you know she was missing them at missing home and and let's talk a little bit can can we talk a little bit about where they were in that droid um what hold up in that droid place right where there are parts and all that um and then there's that secret room and you've already mentioned quinlan boss but something that occurred to me when i was making my notes was when they opened that tunnel in the wall and later when we haven't even talked about Riva yet, mm -hmm. but when Riva found it, it occurred to me, Oh, there's another cat and mouse scenario. Mm -hmm. So uh, all of all along Vader and, and Obi-Wan was the cat and mouse. And now I'm looking at Riva going, Oh, she just found the mouse hole, yeah. but she's a smart cat. She's mm -hmm. not going to go through the mouse hole. She's going to go, to the to other where it side. Out, yeah. I don't mean to come to the end of the episode this quickly, but I'm just—it's just these things I'm finding as I'm writing my notes, going, "Oh, the cat and mouse theme is not just Vader and Obi Wan because now she's got a new prey." Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I have very—I have a very strong theory that it has so far been continually supported about her end game, but uh, we can get into that now, or we can get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> where, where are we going from now, Michael? Let us rein us in. Your no, show no, is great. So it's, it's harder to stop us. <laughs> I like where the show is going, so I have no intention of stopping you. No, no. One thing before we go to theories and all that stuff before I do want because I know if I don't say it, I'm going to forget. There was something back at the very beginning of the episode, and it is it's one of my favorite things. You know, I love one of my favorite things in Star Wars is when whether it's Obi-Wan explaining to Luke in a new hope or whether it's yoda explaining to luke in a new hope or whether it's i mean or i'm sorry in empire or whether it's luke explaining to ray in the last jedi i love moments that explain what the force means to individual people uh -huh. mm -hmm. and so if you listen to obi-wan explain the force to someone it sounds different than yoda explaining the force to someone and it sounds different when luke is explaining it to someone and I, I love that aspect of the force. Like it's just, it's different for each person. It, it is expressed in a different way and it is understood and felt in a different way. And which is one, by the way, if y'all haven't read the light of the Jedi, I don't know if you guys have done any of the high Republic stuff. Yes. The only one, I've read that one. That's the only, one, the I've only one I've read as well that, and I, I think I'm sure it goes into more stuff, but that was one of my favorite things about that book is like, like some people see the force as an ocean. Some people see it as yeah. music. <laughs> like music, yeah. I thought that was so that cool. Was so but back to this at the beginning, when, when Leia's asking Obi-Wan, she says, how does it work? The force, what does it feel like? And Obi-Wan says, have you ever been afraid of the dark? 
how does it feel when you turn on the light? And she says, it feels safe. He says, yes, it feels like that. And so I, first of all, it's a beautiful description of the force, but it's also super sad because that means Obi-Wan hasn't been, hasn't felt safe in 10 years, basically. Right. So to the point that you just made about each time we get to hear a different character describe what it, what it feels like to them it's specific to that individual. And so like for Light of the Jedi, you know, like it's like music or it's water or whatever. When Yoda's describing it to Luke, he's describing it as this teacher mm. who different from Luke, he's been surrounding him different from Luke in his exile or different from Obi-Wan in his, he's been surrounding himself with the force and filling himself up with learning everything there is to know about it. So that by the time he's talking to Luke about it, he's on an entirely different level yeah plane of existence talking about the force obi-wan saying to leia it feels like turning the lights on when you've been afraid of the dark you feel Mm -hmm. safe that is his description of it because he just turned the lights on for the first time in 10 years yeah oh man that's so good he forgot what it was like to feel safe until five minutes before that conversation and in that five minute span he found out that vader is alive and Mm -hmm. looking for him but he still got to feel how safe it is to reach out and touch the force. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That was good. And it, it was strange that it took him to yes. catch her after not having used the force. That's like a muscle. Yeah. Mm. You know how weak it was. And then, but it, thankfully he was able it to. It looked so uh, difficult. Yeah. Right. There are like a few little tiny random notes I have sprinkled throughout the episode that I wanted to touch on. If you guys have really? any stray thoughts. Um, but one thing I really liked about this episode, and it's 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 less of a deep thing and much more of a – it's just a detail that I really appreciate. It's the world building on – I keep forgetting this place – Mapuzo. And mm-hmm. so something that I love – another thing I – th- another th- I think modern Star Wars is doing some really cool stuff. I'm just going to be honest. But uh, like I think something that they're doing really well is showing um, – whether it's this show, whether it's the Bad Batch, I don't know how y'all feel about that show, but I'm actually a huge fan of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things that these shows are doing is it is it's really showing the Empire as obviously we've seen it in so many different things as just the villain and the evil, but it's also lately we've been seeing a lot of like no, it's just some normal people are like they support the empire because the empire actually does benefit them and their family. And, and it, 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 you know, it reminds me of politics today. Like it's, it's literally like, they're not that like, I don't think Freck is evil. Mm -hmm. I I think, I think he is appreciative to the empire because the empire is good for his business. (laughs) And, and, and some, something that I love about that is like, you just like just a little detail in in the world building but you just see like and it was a really powerful moment when obi-wan walks around his transport to get in the back of it and he sees that imperial flag it's like i know wait what it's like seeing a nazi flag in in yeah in world war ii it's like well that's bad more yes like seeing a nazi flag in world war ii it felt like a spielberg shot yeah the way the camera moved with him to reveal it it felt like something out of Indiana Jones seeing a Nazi flag. I have written in my notes and underlined the flag is homemade. Oh man. 
the flag is homemade, meaning that guy made that flag because he's such a big supporter and a big fan. And I've, I've seen, I'm not, like I said, I'm not super involved on socials. I'm not super active. I'll see some things here and there. And I did see something today where someone was talking about, he's one of the scariest villains that we've ever seen in star Wars because he, you know, he believes in the empire because it benefits that. him and yada, yada. And I, I respectfully disagree because I don't think the point is that Freck is a villain. I think he's scary, but not because he's a villain, but because he's so innocent. Yes. He's just like, yeah, this is, you know, order. We got to have order, right? Nothing wrong with a little order. He's, he's not a villain. He's not evil. He is, he's blind. Yep. Blindness comes from evil using naivete and using ignorance and using manipulation to lead the blind into a pit but the blind themselves aren't bad for being blind they need they need to turn on the light mm-hmm. they need someone to turn the light on for them and obi-wan being there with him and then surrounded by stormtroopers and there with leia and all of that obi-wan has always been like the beacon of light in these stories when anakin was falling even in attack of the clones like obi-wan was the one trying to motivate him and trying to get him to focus and now obi-wan's not doing any of that and it just makes the contrast of when good people don't take a stand how easily mm. other good people can be manipulated and then contrast that with meeting uh what's her name uh, trella Tre- the, oh, the imperial tala i believe it's her name tala, tala. meeting her someone who did believe in it saw what it really was Mm. and once she had seen it couldn't unsee it like that was such a beautiful contrast between those two interactions and i loved it yeah i did too man i i think i think that's great and i totally i totally agree it's not the point is not that he's a villain the point is that he is just he's innocently thinking about i mean he's as far as we know his intentions are provide for my family how do Mm -hmm. the empire is my best way to do that. And, and so like, and it, we even, that is part of the empire's plan. Like we see in the bad batch with that, um, you know, when they start experimenting with that elite group of, of troopers, um, we see, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the name of the Admiral. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, oh man, it's going to drive me crazy. But the name of the, the name of the Admiral, the, he's one of the Rampart Admiral Rampart, um, he, one of his points in, you know, there's this whole transition from, you know, they're, they're discussing whether or not the clones are viable anymore. And, you know, it's like, how would you, why would you, why in the world would you replace these, these trained clones? Like these are trained assassins essentially. And his argument is I value the loyalty of willing participants yes. much yeah. more. Uh, much more than than the you know than you know someone being trained for years and years and years and just told what to do these people are volunteering for this job and you know so to have people civilians that are also just imperial loyalists essentially you know once again that's the mastery of palpatine He wanted the clones. He needed them to make the war what he wanted. He was going to win either way, but he wins with this empire that he now wants willing participants, civilians Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, the empire is good for us. Right. Well, and I think, again, I don't think he's evil, Freck. I don't think he's evil. I, 
I think it's easy to look at at him and go, you know, he he supports the empire. The empire is evil. Therefore, he supports evil. Therefore, he is evil. That's the easiest way to look at him. The more human way, because the thing is, he's an alien in a fictional universe. That's none of it is real, but it connects to real things in our world. And I think something really impactful and powerful about taking a second look at him is he's not scary because he's evil. He's scary because we should all be scared that we could be the same as him. Yes. That we could blindly be so convinced. And like, as you saw that comment you highlighted Mm -hmm. uh, that he turned them over, he did gladly turn them over because he thought these people, there's there's, something's not right right with them. And the empire should do something about that because I trust the empire should, that doesn't make him evil. That makes him again blind. We should be scared of that kind of blindness in ourselves. Mm. He's not. He's not a, an evil for us to point at and go, "Look at that! Shame on him!" He's a mirror, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to look at him and go, "Is that me? Have I done that? Could I do that? Do I blindly follow something? And if I am, what more can I learn to make sure I don't yep. blindly follow something that's evil?" Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. And uh, yeah, and something else that I just love, and, and this is a much smaller thing. I just love the, I love how these stormtroopers are just like, I, I, I describe them as like nine to five stormtroopers. They're just like, yes. they feel like they're just going in and clocking in. They're like all yeah. dirty and like grimy. And yeah. they're just like, at the end of the day, they just go home and probably kiss their wife. And then like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, there's such a realism it, to that. There yeah. is the way that they were portrayed. It was just like. It was just like in like I don't know anyone going when they were on that transport with Obi Wan, it felt like guys just getting on you know I don't know just going almost getting ready to go to their lunch break on a construction well, site or something. Obi Wan is sitting in the exact same position on that truck that he was sitting in on the transport You're that he right. takes every day. He Dude. was just oh, on a transport with another bunch of guys that are just at another day on the job. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great call out. I love that. Yeah. And so I just love little details like that. It's great, subtle world building. And again, it's one. It's another reason why I think this show is well done. I, I think the show is mm-hmm. is well done in in big sweeping ways, but also little detailed ways. And mm-hmm. so, man. Okay. So I'm not good at theorizing. I don't really. I, I usually don't even get into it because I I, I like to be surprised. But um, I do have one thought going into, but I actually want to hear what you guys have to say. I know one of your th- you, you, Timothy, right? You were going to say you were going to talk about uh, Riva. Is that what you were going to talk about? Yeah. I want to hear your theory and any other theories that we have for you know. We're halfway through this show now. We're 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 a, we're that. a week easy. into the show. <laughs> we're a week into the show and we're halfway through. Wow. How weird is that? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So. Thoughts, theories, speculations for what's going to happen next. All right. First, let me preface. Theories are fun, but if you assume you have to be right and if you're wrong, the thing is bad, then, then you go write the show. Um, I love having theories. I had an entire theory about Ray's origin that I was kind of right on. Not 100%, but I was, I was, I was close-ish, and I was fine <laughs> to be wrong. I am fine to be wrong. She was not Mace Windu's daughter. This is a podcast. They can't see your sarcasm face to the camera. That's a normal face. I said what I said. So I am perfectly content to be wrong. But here is my thought with her. 
I think we're all pretty much on the same page. She's probably one of the kids at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And having watched that episode again to uh, today, um, when the camera, the opening shot is a oneer that pulls back from the Coruscant skyline, pulls back into the Jedi Temple, and the first kid you see, I'm pretty sure is the kid we're supposed to assume is her lingers on her for a second pulls back a little more and then we follow over her shoulder as they run into the fray and it's all a one or as they're going into it did you can interrupt did you see the somebody posted a picture from this last episode we were talking about behind where the inquisitors are talking was a shelf and there was a youngling helmet and Mm -hmm. some lightsabers and someone speculated, could that be Reva's or just random younglings? I think kill? it's. I think it's a collection. I of think it's the latter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sad, but true. Yeah. Um, it could be. Well, no. Yeah. Ten years out, I guess it could be yeah. any one of those inquisitors. They yeah. could have been younglings. True. Regardless, um, so I think I think she's one of the kids. Here is my thought. I believe that what we're going to see is a continuation of that moment. The entire group of kids she's with gets slaughtered by Anakin. And she watches it happen. My theory on her, and I have I I have taken detailed uh, notes and like just specifically watched for moments. Every time she speaks about her motivation, it's non-specific and it's slightly in contrast to what's just been said to her. So when the Grand Inquisitor says something about your ambition, yada, yada, you're going to get what you deserve. And she says, I hope so. And then again, when she's talking to the, what is it, the fifth brother? I can't remember their names, their their numbers, but she's talking to him and he says, you're going to get what's coming to you. And she says, I certainly hope so. And her, every time it's, I'm going to get what I'm owed when she talks to Vader. And he says, I know Mm -hmm. what it is you want. Bring me Kenobi and the title of Grand Inquisitor will be yours. She does not react that's not what she's after. I believe Mm. she is playing the role that Zemo played in Civil War. She saw Anakin slaughtering younglings. That's how she knows who it is. Because it's not common knowledge for everybody that Anakin is Vader. I believe she saw it, she escaped, and spent the last 10 years boiling in hatred for Anakin and for the master that made him, Obi-Wan. And her entire motivation is to bring the two of them together to kill each other. That's mm. her revenge. I think she wants revenge for all of the lost and that she will kill and do whatever it takes to satisfy her desire to see the two of them destroy each other. That's, that's pretty cool. I like, I'd like to I actually like that, that a lot. It doesn't feel far-fetched at all to me, actually. Right. And I'm trying to be wrong, but everything I've seen so far, I don't think she has aspirations to be Grand Inquisitor. I don't think she's trying to earn Vader's favor. I think she hates mm. both of them. She's manipulate talking about Vader as Anakin to Obi-Wan. That was targeted. That was mm. specific. That was intentional. She also makes a comment when she has the bounty hunters or, or whatever abduct Leia. She says he fought with her father in the Clone Wars. He will come for her. Does she know about Padme? I don't think so, but I had the thought on, on a rewatch. I was like, does she think Bale is Leia's father, or does she also know that Anakin is? I think she was talking about Bale. And I would That's assume so, but yeah. I don't know. Who knows remember, what she knows? It, it, there was an ambiguity ambiguity about yeah. it that made me think the same thing. Wait, yeah. is she talking about Anakin? Oh, no, she's talking about Bale. So that's my theory. Yeah, Yeah. I I love that theory. And dude, here's the thing: even if like the rest of your theory is doesn't turn out to be right, 
I do think we're going to see a continuation of that scene at the beginning. And I thought I actually had the same thought about um, the people that she's with are going to be slaughtered by Anakin. And for I don't know why she's going to be not slaughtered herself. Um, I, I'm not sure about that. But I do really like the idea of like everybody freaking out about, you know, how does how does uh, how does she know nobody, you know, people don't know that Anakin is Vader, all that stuff. It's because she saw his face, because at that point when he's slaughtering people in the temple, he doesn't have he's he doesn't have a mask on. He's he's off screen hidden. And he looks like Anakin Skywalker or Palpatine calls him and says, Lord Vader, you're needed. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like. Vader. where i expected that moment to go in the beginning before it cut off was i expected those kids to round a corner mm-hmm. see anakin and have a master skywalker help us moment and then he turns to camera and then it cuts that was where i thought it was going oh god <laughs> it, it still could <laughs> yeah absolutely oh, no. listen i love all of these different ideas or i'm sorry not ideas i love all of these different you know perspectives of order 66 that we're getting yeah i don't know how many more i can take man i don't (laughs) mind getting it over and over again because it's just kind of a thing now star wars is like we need you to feel something execute order 66 (laughs) just hearing that in the background from the beginning when you're yeah it's like chill (sighs) yeah it's so good dude i love that theory um i think my only thought my only theory for the rest of the show is I wonder if you know how we've been talking about how Leia has is is a, I think, a huge uh, influence in a time where he definitely needs influence on Obi Wan, and I think that I think that spending this time with her is going to be very instrumental in him coming and between between her, and I think kind of the baton's going to be handed to Qui Gon, and then you know. I think eventually we're going to see that progression, but I have to wonder, you know, who has Leia now is Reva. Right. And I, I don't know. I don't know why I don't have a whole lot to base this off of other than just a feeling, but I do wonder if Reva might be redeemed. I think, I think, I think she dies at the end of the show, um, I do too. Yeah, but same. I think she could be redeemed a la Ben Solo, you know, and um, but I wonder if, if spending time with Leia, I just, I don't know. She, Leia is mm. such a force. Leia has that effect on she people. She does. Yeah. She has that effect on people and she's such a force, um, on many, in many ways. And I, I just think, I, I don't know. It was just a thought I had. What do you guys think about that? Do you, do you think that she's, she could be too far gone at this point? I don't know. She might be so consumed with hate and rage that she just, she's going to die kind of like scar <laughs> in <laughs> in the lion king he's not he's just bad um yeah. but well, i haven't necessarily had a theory but i've just kind of had what you're talking about just the feeling of oh well maybe she could be redeemed or you know she'll die at the end because she does something re- redeemable but after timothy's theory i'm thinking oh wow she might be so driven and consumed with the hatred of both of them she may be too far gone mm-hmm. I, I can't say that i have a theory on that though and I love I that I don't. I, I love that I don't yeah. have like this needs to happen or 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 even yeah. I I the only thing that I'm 
like 99.99% sure of is that Qui-Gon is going to be in the show at some right. point. Absolutely. Yeah. But other That's than that, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> so Yeah, I, honestly, I'm the same. Qui-Gon is, everybody take a drink. Qui-Gon is going to be Yoda showing up for Luke in The Last yeah. Jedi. <laughs> He's going to, Obi-Wan is going to be at his lowest 100%. moment. He's lost. Light. Like, And I don't know that it's going to happen. I, I think it'll depend. Look, if we're going to get that Rocky Four montage, maybe it happens next episode. <laughs> but my expectation is he's going to hit his lowest, absolute lowest point, mm. point of hopelessness. He's thought he's been at rock bottom, and now he's below. He's buried beneath the earth, and then Qui-Gon makes contact. They have a very impactful conversation that causes Obi-Wan to accept yeah. his failure, accept who he is, yeah. and be who he needs to be, and that's what's going to bring him back. Yeah. I don't see that happening until either the final scene of the penultimate episode or early in the last episode and then carry it on because yeah. the climax of we the know story it's going down going at the end of this yeah. yeah yeah it's gotta be that i, I mean, yeah i agree i and i think oh man i i'm i'm just so excited for the end of this show i i i love having a star wars show because honestly, you know, with like, and I, I think the Mandalorian is one of my favorite things. Like, I, I love it. I love having a different adventure every week, and it, it, like, it, it, like, sneak attacks you with these emotional moments. You don't expect it to happen. It's just like, wait, wh why do I feel so much right now? Um, it's just great, but it's also just like, it's just awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, Book of Boba Fett. To me, I wasn't as high on, but it had really great moments. The the highs mm -hmm. of Book of Boba Fett were very high. Yeah. Um, Other than that, it was a lot of fun. It, I yeah, will give yeah it even high marks for fun. Even in the worst episodes, it was still fun. Absolutely, I totally agree. It was a lot of spinning fun. Let's try spinning. That's a fun. And that didn't bother me at all, by the way. <laughs> but. What I love about this, uh, those shows are fairly predictable. Um, you know, uh, some at least to a degree. Um, right. On a plot level, it's crazy because I know where Obi Wan ends up, eventually. Like we know, yeah. we know this is before A New Hope. We know where he yeah. is in that movie, so we know that he eventually makes peace with himself. Right. I have no idea what, how that happens, and I I have no idea how where this plot is taking us i have no mm -hmm. idea um i have little thoughts maybe you know about qui-gon and all that but but ultimately like i'm just super happy to be watching this show that i have no idea the right. the ins and outs like i would have never thought that we got full-on that we would have gotten full-on prime vader in episode yeah. three yeah. That was a shock to me. I when when we saw his face at the end of episode two, I was still like, yeah, but we probably won't see him till like episode four or five. Like, I said the same thing. I was like, he's endgame. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From a storytelling point of view, they've done a good job of, of guarding it so that it's not predictable. Absolutely, as we might expect from the other shows. And you're you're absolutely right. You're dead on. It it you can't predict it because we know his outcome, yet we don't know how we're going to get there in this series. Yeah. That's such a unique position to be in as an audience member, because usually you don't know. There's there's a little bit of a, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to be who I need to, you know, mm -hmm. and watching The Last Jedi for the first time, 
I believe Luke's going to come back, but is he? Like, how does he come back? What does that look like? And then what it looks like is him standing down the whole First Order with a laser sword, and then he's not even there because he's a passive as Jedi, and he figured out how to do it, and it's brilliant. <laughs> but, like, it's... it. Watching this, we do know where Ben Obi-Wan is yeah. going to end up, and it makes it so... It's just... It's so good at adding layers and something that the nature of... Something George valued telling Star Wars out of order... The nature of that is you get to add value to things you didn't know you needed to add yeah. value to. And this is going to make, like, I, that was something I had made a note of. All of this will, by the time we're through, make the final confrontation between Obi-Wan and Vader in A New Hope that much more impactful. Exactly. Because this Obi-Wan, this Ben is not that Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. He is not that calm. It, even thinking of Rebels and when he confronts Maul for the final time, he's not that person yet. And we know he's going to be soon, but he's got to become that. Yeah. And it's the fact that we know where he's going to end up. And so we've got the optimism of you are going to be okay, buddy. You are going to get through this. You are going to make peace. And I, to circle it back to the writing on the wall, the close your eyes and you can see the way. What is the last thing Obi-Wan Kenobi does in his life? He closes his mm, eyes. eyes. Wow. Good job. You're he, calling out some stuff. Come on, tonight. dude. <laughs> he closes <laughs> his eyes and accepts his fate because the hopping kid standing behind the, the laser wall, you know, waiting to get to help his master fight Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace is still chomping at the bit, hopping, restless, not able to settle and have peace the way his master did. But when he has his next conversation with Qui-Gon, as we assume is going to happen, I think that will start him on the transition to closing his eyes and just being. For for audio listeners, I'm holding my hand above my son's head and I am saying, this is my son. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Honestly, man, I love, I, I love it. And by the way, I've started this week. I started reading just, have y'all ever read the, a certain point of view books before? Have you, do you know? I am in the middle of uh, the Empire one right now. Okay. I have both. I have that one and the A New Hope one, but I'm reading, I just kind of picking random ones. It's just a collection of these short stories told from different perspectives from minor characters in the movies and, uh, or major characters, depending, just, just different characters. And the one I have, I'm wetting my appetite for the Qui-Gon scene and you know, but you know, there's the, there's a novel master and apprentice. Um, uh, and, and I've, I've read about seven chapters of it now, but before that, so (laughs) that's my favorite. So before that novel came out, the, the, there's a short story that's in a certain point of view written by Claudia Gray and it's called master and apprentice. And it is about, it's not the first time that they've communed together, but it is, an important time where Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan commune together and, and Qui-Gon basically tells Obi-Wan like that it basically like lets him know, like, this is not, this is not all your fault. And where and apologizes basically for failing him. They haven't never Mm -hmm. had that conversation before, even though they've talked together before, it is an amazing moment. And just thinking about like, just thinking about, that happening in a new hope, like at some point during the movie, a new hope, that conversation happening 
it just yeah i'm just obsessed with the idea of qui-gon and obi-wan communicating with each other and i i need to see it right now yeah. <laughs> and yeah. i uh i'm so excited for it and uh, honestly something i might do i know it's not necessarily obi-wan and qui-gon but i might go back and watch that arc of the clone wars where where yoda goes mm -hmm. off yeah and has that you know oh, yeah and talks to qui-gon i might i might go just watch that just to kind of like stay in that mode but um mm -hmm. i'm I'm so glad y'all are loving the show as much as I am because man, I'm just I am I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just here for it right now. Yeah. It's not with it's not like it's a perfect show. I have my little qualms here and there. Um, you know, I I think that probably my biggest qualm with this, with this episode was more on a logic thing. Like is it really the smartest idea for these jedi to be writing their names into a wall of a secret hideout that <laughs> that like it's not yeah. that hard to find really really i mean like if your names are written on a wall an inquisitor can just walk in there and just take notes okay this jedi's alive this jedi's alive this jedi's alive <laughs> you know who else can walk in and see those names another jedi who's lost his way named obi-wan <laughs> kenobi who sees that and goes no there is still a fight worth fighting so you write your names jedi <laughs> man you have super samwise vibes right now i'm not gonna lie <laughs> those are the stories that really mattered <laughs> they're still good in this world and it's worth fighting it's for, worth fighting for. <sighs> oh guys this oh, has been an absolute blast so <laughs> <laughs> hey Listen, this is not going to be the last time you guys are on the pod for sure. And and well, listen, I, I will say this now: we're we're known for inviting ourselves back. <laughs> so at the end of this whole series, if you want to have a whole show wrap up, I, I just invited us to that. Okay, deal. Honestly, you got it. <laughs> you you got it. Um, any do you have any kind of final thoughts? We've talked about a whole lot of the details, and I think I've got all of my notes kind of covered pretty much. I will say this just because of what's going on in the world um, uh, and not going to get into the negativity, just say that um, as far as the actress is concerned, yeah. Moses Ingram, we support her all the way. Yeah. I will say that I, my, my us having this conversation tonight has actually made me like Reva better. The more I think about her, I didn't dislike Moses portrayal. It was more of a, uh, I'm not sure about the character. I felt like her intensity was way, 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 way up from the beginning. But yeah. now after listening to this theory that he had, I'm just like, well, it's explaining things to me a little more. And probably I'm going to, and that's why I have no comments about um, any of the writing or that kind of stuff until I see the whole show, mm -hmm. because there's a reason she is the way she is. And some people are calling things out that I'm like, you haven't seen the end of this show. I agree. Quit talking bad about it. And it's not the actor's fault because one, Actors do what a director tells them to do. The director has a vision, and the director directs mm -hmm. the actor. And so their portrayal is their own, but also they're getting direction from someone who has an idea of what they want. Right. And then mm -hmm. when I think about how intense she is being, that's George Lucas' Star Wars right there, baby. Faster, more intense. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> that's George Lucas' Star Wars. I have a big soapbox about people judging a show, particularly a show that is planned before it's filmed like it's it's not like they're making it up as they go like they've got an entire vision and, and everything judging it before it's done because something doesn't make sense to them in episode two Amen, yeah. dude okay well there's a whole series still coming it's not a movie where by the time the credits roll 
if you don't know what's going on, that means it's bad. This is, it's a continuing story. And I think I love for certain pieces of media, like I think, no, listen, I am behind. I've only watched two episodes, Stranger Things. I think the model of dropping, I know, I think the model of dropping the entire season at once and everybody can watch it at their own pace is good for some things, but there is so much value in having to wait a week Mm -hmm. for the next episode. There is so much value in what's going to happen. Let me sit and think about it. Because if the entire series had dropped in one night, I would have taken off the day from work and just stayed home and watched the entire thing. But I never would have had the chance to wonder that about Riva, really think through her motivations. And the, the wonderful thing about a series as a storytelling medium is it gives your audience time to wonder yeah and sometimes the wondering what's going to happen is just as fun as finding out as long as you don't assume that what you wondered has to be right yeah yeah i completely dude that i i've gone on the same soapbox because like you you know people are complaining about this and that like we're two episodes in and like so and so shouldn't know this already how is that possible in the movies and blah 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 it's like wait hold up or Okay, the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, if you've seen Rebels, he's still oh. alive. He's alive, clearly. So, so it's two episodes into a show. You know he's alive later on. They didn't retcon anything. Yeah. They're literally like, bringing the entire cast of Re- the entire main cast of Rebels into live action. Right. Exactly. They're not gonna decanonize Rebels. Th- this show, and I always bring this up as a perfect example. When the Mandalorian started, and you know we're described the, the 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 mandalorian culture is described as basically that you never take off your helmet oh yeah right and we were all, and like, we're all like wait no i've seen the clone wars they all take off their helmet the, yeah. and the, what i did and i'm not just trying to be on my high horse here but i just was like they have there has to be something more to this i'm gonna let it play out right. but what a lot of people did was did Dave Filoni forget his own show? Like, this is why would he retcon this? This is stupid. Like, and then what happens in the middle of season two? <laughs> we find out, right. oh, right. Din Djarin is part of a cult. <laughs> These people have never been to a Catholic church versus a Baptist one. Like, there's some differences in dom- <laughs> denominations. <laughs> just a few. Um, <laughs> so, like, for me, it's just be patient. Let the story unfold. I totally agree. And with, with Moses Ingram... I think obviously there's something like we're allowed to have criticism. I actually, when I watched the first two episodes, I wasn't sure. I liked the character of Riva. I actually did, but I did feel, I wonder if like, you know, and it, it, you're right. It's a totally, it's a collaboration of actor and director. It's not just the actor. And, and she's been, I can't remember if she's been nominated or if she's been nominated and won an Emmy for the queen's gambit. I can't remember. I haven't seen the show, but I know she is, she, she has at least been nominated for an Emmy for, for, for that show. And, um, she, she can, she can act. And so when I'm watching this, I felt a couple of times, I was like, I just kind of feel like she's overacting a little bit. I, I, but when you look at it, especially upon second watch and in this episode, I actually thought she had a few more layers to her performance. Like, 
as the show goes on, she's getting more layered, which tells me that her character is developing. And so I think all, a lot of that stuff at the beginning of the show was more like insecurity and just lashing out at insecurity. And it feels, you know, it might feel annoying or out of place to some people, but that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. But anyway, it's totally okay to have a criticism about an actor's performance, any actor, you can, you can criticize that. And it's not bad. It's, it's not racist. Right. Absolutely. But, but, because but that had nothing to do with the person themselves it has to do with the portrayal. Exactly. That's what I was talking exactly. about, about the, the actor's portrayal and the director's direction. Um, I mentioned to him from the beginning that I wasn't sure about her kind of like what you're saying. There was this level of intensity and he made a great point. And he said, but dad, I, I think that's because she doesn't belong. She doesn't fit in with the rest of them. So she's the inquisitor. Really the trying. grand inquisitor makes the point. You came to us. Mm -hmm. You're she's the least of us. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's an outsider. Yeah. She didn't join the club through so the traditional means. she's a kid movies. who's trying too yeah. hard. Yeah. And to the point that you just made, you know who else was an award-winning actor who got flack for stuff that they neither wrote nor directed? Natalie Portman. Hayden Christensen, 2002. Uh, who'd you Hayden say? Christensen, Hayden Christensen. He had won an award for um, uh, Shattered Glass, I think was the name of the okay. movie. Okay. Yeah. Natalie Portman, too. <laughs> Natalie Portman. Yeah. 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 Like it, there's there's a whole bunch. Yeah. And also we're not through. Yeah. We're her not character, through. you're gonna look at her completely differently exactly. once we do know mm -hmm. what's actually going on with her. Yeah. Which is why the jury is out. I have I am not judging anything about her performance or the character. I'm just I made an observation that right now I, I I'm not connecting with her. But even like I said, just this conversation has made me think, oh, there mm -hmm. there's some layers I'm not seeing, and now I'm starting to see them get back right um but as far as her acting ability i think there is definitely something there there was some nuances and you just mentioned them in this last episode that, that just the way she is presenting herself and saying lines i'm like okay there there is something there mm -hmm. and i'm 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 here to watch it all the way through mm -hmm. and not pass judgment now. yeah i agree and 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 then just to kind of wrap this part up the lucasfilm you know or, or star wars came out and actually addressed the issue it's not yes. people it, this yeah. it has nothing to do with people like us who maybe have issues with performance or aren't connecting with a character yeah. it's people it's low lives who are literally dming this hey. actress and and, then, and and then review bombing the show how, because, like, yeah. it's just so stupid that's what it's I don't want to make I don't want to make light of it, but I did see my favorite. You know, the internet is going to meme, and I saw my favorite response to this entire situation, and it was that the video that you and McGregor put out. In, oh in man, yeah! Someone took a screen grab of his head, put it on Michael Scott from The Office, and had the quote: "Obi Wan Kenobi once said, if you are a racist, <laughs> then I will attack you with the force.'" <laughs> oh my gosh i need that <laughs> i was like there is still good on the internet mr frodo <laughs> yeah. that is amazing i have to find that uh because i love the office and uh... i wish i could give credit to whoever did it i have no idea i just saw it and i was like perfect it's brilliant you are a racist i will attack you with the force <laughs> and those are the qualities yeah. that I bring to the workplace. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's literally no room for racism here, and that's yeah. what was yeah. happening. People were actually attacking her and DMing her, and that is wrong. Ugh. And I have absolutely utmost respect for the fact that Dude. she is in a Star Wars. Yeah. Even, and, man, even if you a have a problem with her performance, who DMs right. 
an actor to say, right. hey, you suck, by the way. Right. <laughs> like, I want to know who these people are and where they work so that I can send them a DM and be like, hey, by the way, you're bad at your job. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that. I just wanted you to know. And, and, yes. and to be honest, in Star Wars, I there is only one person I think that has ever given us a performance close to being any kind of award-winning actor worthy, and that's Ewan McGregor, McGregor at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Oh. I mean, I cry every time I watch him tell Anakin, you were the chosen one, and Ewan McGregor in this series right now, his emotions Dude. on his face. He is, and 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 let's give Mark Hamill a little bit for the Last Jedi, because I was he, gonna say, I, get your drinks ready, because Mark Hamill in the Last Jedi, <laughs> Mark Hamill yeah. in the Last Jedi, Adam Driver Adam in the Driver. Last Jedi. Uh, okay, so I'm retracting all of my Daisy Ridley now. in the Last the Jedi, Porgs the, in the last Jedi. the last Jedi, <laughs> the Porgs in the Last Jedi. You don't think these people are worthy of awards? Get out my house. The Porg was so committed that he was willing to be eaten. Right. He's a method actor. Okay, he Jared Leto'd that scene. It's Morbin time. It's so. Morbin time. Oh, God, I can't believe I said that. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you great. tonight about this show yeah i think we will definitely do a wrap-up episode hopefully when we do that i can have more of my crew with me um right. honestly it's so funny we've had guests on the show before but this is the first time i've ever had guests on the show with no one else it's just me and the guests <laughs> and so um i've actually i don't I, I miss my crew but i've really enjoyed just going being able to go back and forth with you guys and uh, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I mean, listen, you guys live like within like the city limits that I live in. We should absolutely yeah. hang out sometime. Definitely. For sure. Um, yeah. man. Okay. Oh, by the way, really quick. Scott Tracy says the parking snitch in the last Jedi <laughs> performance. Gordon Levitt, man. By the way, go, wait, just listen, just, just energy wise. Does he not remind you a little bit of Freck? <laughs> A little, a little bit. bit now. A little yeah. bit. You're right. I told them not to park there on the beach. Big nose snitch. <laughs> I can say that because I have a big nose. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so so let's close out one last time. Could you guys just kind of give one more plug for all the things that y'all are doing and where people can find yeah. you? So uh, we're primarily active on Twitter just when we're chatting and talking with people. Um, you can find us at, at asfast92, A-S-F-A-S-9-2. Uh, and then you can find our personal pages from there as well. Uh, we're on YouTube at as father and son, uh, And then also on Twitch, asfast92 as well. Um, we've had to take a little bit of a break from more of our streaming stuff, just had a whole bunch of personal things hit all at once. And then we were like, let's get back into it. And then more personal things hit, but we really are trying to get kind of a, a calendar and a schedule built up where we can more consistently be uh, streaming and interacting and talking. And I mean, we've got freaking Kenobi to talk about, so we, yeah. we will be around talking for sure. Our YouTube channel does have, uh, if you want to go back and watch, if you haven't, we have videos that we made of us playing video games, just being goofy, but we have some, um, even though they're not timely anymore, when the, when the last Jedi was about to come out, we did our own takes on, um, our thoughts on what the, the story would be and the redemption of Ben Kenobi. So we have some essay. Ben Solo. Ben Solo. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I you know, I want to go back and listen to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we do. Yeah. We did have some uh, essays that we yeah. did. He did one and I did another. Taking your, your show title of certain point of view. Mm -hmm. We took the, in the build up to rise of Skywalker, we took opposing point of views from what we thought were going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I took the, I did not think 
um, or rather, I thought that Ben was going to be redeemed and come back. So I made an entire video essay about why he shouldn't be redeemed. Uh, and then he didn't really want him to be redeemed. Uh, and so he had to take the point of view of he will be. And we made Ooh. opposing essays about That's that. That's a so fun exercise. It's not timely anymore, but it was still a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And those are our two most watched videos yeah. that we have cool. out there. So. That's awesome. Um, and if you guys, me and, by the way, my, our, my co-host, Josh, we're th- Josh and I tend to do episodes together where we just do deep dive into something to do with the last Jedi, <laughs> and um, for it anytime, we man. just did yeah. <laughs> we just did an episode um, not long. Oh my gosh, me and you, me and you guys, and Josh on on an episode we would probably go five hours, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> um, we're, we're here for we, it. what's that Captain America song? I can do I can, this all day. day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we just did an episode about the about the, the the three different versions of the truth of you know in with the Rashomon effect and the the, yeah. the, oh, the vision. <laughs> oh, y'all already listened to it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that that was one of my favorite episodes we've done. But we also did a whole episode devoted to. Um, defending canto bite <laughs> so oh. uh, so oh. you i that's, that's my least favorite part of the last jedi but i still love it all but well you should go listen to that maybe you'll I <laughs> maybe we'll help no but guys seriously it's been an absolute pleasure uh if you guys are li- still listening to the audio version of this podcast or if you're in the chat with you with us thank you so much for sticking around uh before we go if you wouldn't mind again if you're if you're not subscribed please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcast and go follow us on social medias we're on twitter we're on instagram we are on tiktok now that's new um uh that and and a lot to handle um and it's fun by the way and we also have a facebook group called a certain point of view discussion book it is a discussion book a certain point of view discussion group um and so uh if you guys aren't a member of that please join and uh man again thank you david and timothy for joining me on this episode And until next week, may the force be with you always.